So Christmas is filled with lots of different feelings, right? This whole month is filled with lots of different feelings. We have the feelings of, of joy. You know, the very first time that you make your favorite Christmas dessert and eat it and enjoy it. And then the feeling of regret the next morning when you weigh yourself after that favorite dessert, right? Uh, the feeling of, of just laughter, of being with friends and family and, and laughing till your stomach hurts, right? Those are the best parties. We had our staff Christmas party a couple weeks ago. I mean, and we laughed so hard. I, you know, I had never seen some of the sense of humors that came out. And it's just great. It's just joy-filled. It's just these moments uh, that, that just have so much that we look forward to pulling out the decorations and, and sitting with people and sharing stories. And, and, you know, if you have kids still in the house and you're pulling out, you know, pictures that are on ornaments, you're like, do you remember this? Like, and our kids are just sharing stories. Hey, do you remember when this happened? And, and, they're, and they're funny, they're fun. And we laugh and we cry tears of joy. But there's also other emotions this season. There's emotions of just tiredness. Like you, you just feel exhaustion. You just think, I just really want some days off. I just, I'm tired now. You feel this sense of despair maybe. This loneliness that kind of creeps in, it gets dark earlier. Right, I mean, it was dark at like 3.51 yesterday. How, like, just the emotions with that. <laughs> but, but there's also this sense for some of us of feeling left out, of feeling alone, feeling forgotten. And those are deep feelings that, that we feel at our core. But there's another emotion that I think creeps in at Christmas. And it happens especially as you age. As you live more life and have more experiences and it's this emotion of cynicism, this emotion of just pessimism that kind of creeps in, right? We see it in the ads. We watch commercials and, you know, the, the jingles, every kiss begins with K. And we're like, I'm alone. It does not begin with K. And we get mad at the TV, right? Or we watch the commercial where they're like, I bought you a gift. And they whistle and the truck blows through the snow. And you're like, no, you didn't. Who does that? So, you know, years and years ago, we led a small group of young married couples in Tucson. And one of the guys in that group bought his wife a car without telling her. And I got to see what happened. <laughs> and it's not the joy on the TV. <laughs> they had a fight at small group. It's incredible. But we watched these ads and we just think, that's not how real life works. We live in New England and we watch Hallmark movies and we're like, that guy didn't move to the small town in New England and find love. <laughs> and so it's easy at Christmas to get really cynical. It's easy at Christmas to get really sad. It's easy at Christmas to feel really alone. And then we come and we hear in the Christmas story, we hear that Jesus came and he entered into our story, he entered into the mess of our world. And we think, you know, Jesus may have entered into the mess, but I don't know that he entered into the mess of my story. I don't know that Jesus came into the mess of my emotions. I don't know that Jesus came into my loneliness. 
because we wonder if, if Jesus is really there sometimes. We wonder if God really listens to us sometimes. Because especially as you get to the end of the year, maybe you have this feeling where you look back on the year and think, this is not the way that the year was supposed to go. This is not how I thought I would end a year. End the year. And we wonder, is God in that place of waiting? Is God in that place of difficulty? Is God in that place of loneliness? Does God enter into your story? Or is it just the story of the other person? See, and this is what Advent is about. Advent is about the season of waiting and how we find hope and comfort in that season. And I love what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. He said this back during World War II. He wrote, Advent is the season of waiting, but our whole life is an Advent season. That is a season of waiting for the last Advent, for the time when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. See, what Advent is, is not just about looking back at the birth of Jesus, although it's part of that. But Advent is also as we look forward to when there will be no more sadness, no more pain, no more betrayal, no more cancer, no more difficulty, no more wars, no more heartache, no more bitterness. But in Advent, we wait for that moment. And that's the trust, just like the, the people of God throughout the Old Testament, they waited for the Messiah to come the first time. They waited for Jesus to be born. They waited for him. And we're in this place just like them, but we are waiting for Jesus to return. And so in this Advent season, that's why we're looking at the return of the King. And to do that, we've been using the book of Daniel. Now to kind of set the stage, Daniel is split up kind of in two parts, basically. The first six chapters of the book of Daniel is really Daniel's life kind of told in a narrative. And if you don't know who Daniel is, Daniel uh, was part of the royal family of the Israelites. They were conquered by Babylon when he was a teenager and he was taken as a prisoner into exile into Babylon. Now, Daniel lives his entire life in Babylon. In Daniel 7 through 12, there are four visions that God gives to Daniel. Four times that the angel of God comes to Daniel and gives him these visions. Now, here's what's interesting that, that I think about these. One, these visions could have happened at any moment in Daniel's life, but God waits until he's old. He waits till he's in his 80s. Now, I think there's a couple of things to this. One, when you're in your teens and 20s and 30s, there's kind of this perceived lack of need for God because we think we'll figure it out. But also, as you get older, it's easier for cynicism to start to creep in and for, hopeless, for hope to kind of wane as you get older. It's easy to start thinking that it's too late. It's easy to start thinking about missed opportunities and regrets. And I wonder if Daniel was a little bit more ready to hear God's voice in his 80s than he was in his 20s. And that's why he brought these visions to him. Now, these visions, here's what we're going to look at today. In the four visions, there's one in chapter 7, chapter 8, and chapter 9 that we've looked at. The last vision takes place in chapters 10 through 12, but we actually don't get to the vision until chapter 11. But there's a really important interaction that Daniel has with the angel in, in chapter 10 that we're going to look at today. And it is, I think, the hope for our feelings at Christmas. It is the hope that we long for when we wonder if God hears us and if God knows we're there. And this is what it says in Daniel chapter 10 to set it up. It says, in the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. 
That was his Babylonian name. The message was true and was about a great conflict. He understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth, and I didn't put any oil on my head until three weeks were over. Now, again, historians believe that Daniel is in his 80s at this point. Now, I want you to think for a moment. Have you ever been sad or frustrated or angry or mourned for three full weeks? I mean, have you ever just had just deep feelings that you just could not let go of? That you just did not want to get out of bed. You just did not want to go and do something. You just, no matter what you did, it just felt like the perpetual Monday on your, on your calendar. That you just could and, and maybe for some of you right now, this is exactly where you are this season. Where you just think, I have been sad, I have been angry, I have been frustrated, I have been exhausted, and it feels like forever. And Daniel's in this place of mourning. Now, when we're in this place of these deep feelings for, for weeks on end, there is more of an openness, I think, for us to hear from God. But we have to be careful because we can start to think, well, God's just not going to show up. God's not coming. He would have already come by now. He would have already spoken by now. And sometimes I wonder, as you read throughout church history and you see the time that people deal in mourning and silence from God, I wonder if God allows us to sit in that place so that we are more ready to hear from him. And Daniel's in that place. And he's mourning. Now think about what we mourn about. What do you mourn as you age? You mourn about what is gone. Even as a teenager, you look back and think, oh, do you remember? Oh, if I could do that again. In college, you think, oh, if I could just go back to this, it was so great. You get older and you start to, you start to mourn for missed opportunities. Especially at Christmas time, you start to mourn for when your kids were little. You start to mourn when the house was full and louder lost relationships. You start to mourn that, that, that your body just hurts. You just wake up and you're like, why does my neck hurt? Because I slept wrong, because I'm older, right? You, you, you turn and, and you yawn at the wrong moment and now you can't turn again. And it just, you just get all these aches. I remember sitting with a group of pastors recently and there was a retired pastor in his 80s and he was sharing, and he made this comment. He says, in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, you look around and realize that all of your friends have started to die. And he said, and you mourn it because you're not going to make new ones. And as we age, there are things that we mourn. And, and here's the important thing. No matter, what, no matter how old you are, you, you're mourning something right now. You're mourning something that didn't happen or didn't go the way that it was supposed to go. You're mourning something that maybe happened in middle school or high school or as a child. And it wasn't supposed to be that way. And if you're mourning something, if you're in that place, that's exactly where Daniel is now. He's mourning. He's mourning and he's crying out to God. And we're told that the angel comes to, comes to Daniel to speak to him. And as Daniel prays, this is what the angel tells him in verse 10. This is incredible because we saw this last week. The, Daniel, the, the angel appears to Daniel and says, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Now, this is why I think this is incredible. 
Daniel, I think one of the things that Daniel probably was praying about and mourning about was to go home. Daniel wanted to go home. As a teenager, he was taken from his home. He was ripped from his family. And here is the hard, hard truth of the book of Daniel. Daniel never got home. See, one of the hard things about the life of faith that we navigate is our prayers not being answered the way that we prayed them. And I'm sure in these dark moments, Daniel's sitting there and he's thinking, I just want to go home. Like there's something about home. There's something about just the smells of home, the, the way that the things look. There's something about that, right? There's something about the sense when, that happened at the holidays that remind us of places. You can smell that apple pie and you're immediately trans, transported back to that kitchen. You hear that one song and you're immediately taken back. And that's Daniel. He's just sitting there, I just want to go home. And the angel appears and says, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Now, this becomes a theme at the end of the book of Daniel. Because the angel says this to Daniel in chapter 9. He says it twice in chapter 10. Now, why would he do that? Because I think it's easy for us to forget in our sad places and in our places of mourning, it is easy to forget that we are treasured by God. It is easy. We forget that God loves us. We forget that God cares about us. We spend most of our lives thinking that God is just disappointed in us or at best tolerates us. Do you know what you won't find in the Bible? You will not find one verse in the Bible that says God is disappointed in you. Not one verse. And yet you will find thousands that say God loves you. And yet what do we believe that God thinks about us? Most of us think God is just disappointed in us. And I'm sure for Daniel, he's in this place where he's, he's just mourning and he's, and he's probably throwing a pity party. I mean, that's what we do. Even the best of us throw pity parties. The best of us just look around and go, they have it so much easier. Their life is so much better. I mean, look at what they post on Instagram. Obviously, they're a happy family. They all matched in their Christmas photo. They even got a Christmas letter out. I couldn't even get one out this year. I'm sending mine in February. Right? It's easy to look around and to mourn what we imagine other people have. And that's okay. But when the angel shows up, he doesn't, I love how he doesn't like placate Daniel. He goes to the core of what Daniel is actually struggling with and says, you are treasured by God. And I think for many of us, we need to be reminded you are treasured by God. You are treasured by God. God does not look at you as a mistake. God does not look at you and wish that you did what somebody else did. God does not look at you and think it's too late. God does not look at you in disgust. God does not feel shame for you. All God feels for you is love. And the angel shows up and says, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Now, here's what's amazing. Daniel, when we read through Daniel, he is a man of incredible faith. <laughs> I mean, he stood against the entire nation of Babylon. He ended up in the lion's den. 
he, he gets betrayed by everybody else in the Babylonian wizards and magicians. I mean, this is a, this is a guy who has stood for his faith that we would look at and go, he, he doesn't need to be reminded of that. Even the best of moments, we need to be reminded, you are treasured by God. The angel shows up and he just says, Daniel, you are treasured by God. And then he says in verse 12, don't be afraid, Daniel. For from the first day that you purpose to understand and to humble yourself before God, your prayers were heard and I have come because of your prayers. Now notice, he doesn't say, I'm gonna answer all of your prayers. He just says, your prayers have been heard. See, here's the message that the, that the angel brings. The, the angel comes and says, Daniel, you are loved and treasured and you have been heard. Do you know two of our biggest questions with God? Do you love me? Do you hear me? Do you love me? Do you hear me? Do you want me around? Do you pay attention to me? I mean, it's the cry of our inner child, <laughs> of just saying to our parent, do you, do you love me? Do you hear me? And we come to God, do you love me? Do you hear me? And the angel comes to Daniel and says, I've come because you're loved and because you have been heard. You have been heard. See, and I think some of us, this Advent season, we just need to be told, you are loved and you have been heard. God loves you and God hears you. And I think as well, I love how he says Daniel. He keeps saying, using his name because God knows your name. God walks right up to you. I love you and I've heard you. See, these are the answers, I think, to two of our biggest heartaches that we have. And, he, and, and the angel tells him this before he tells him what the vision means, before he tells him what he came to tell him. And you would think, this is, is this kind of like wasting time? Like, why doesn't he get to like the good stuff? But no, right there in the middle of Daniel, because Daniel needed to be reminded in the midst of, it, of just holding on to hope. You are loved and you have been heard. And no matter what age we are, whether we are a student, whether we are in our 40s, our 80s, like Daniel was, we just need to be reminded, you are loved and you are heard. And then he says, in verse 17, Daniel responds, says, how can I, Someone like me, your servant, speak with someone like you, my Lord. For I have no strength and there is no breath in me. I mean, think about this. Here's Daniel. I mean, this incredible man of faith. And he says, how, how is it that you can speak to me? I mean, which when I read that, I think, man, like what hope do I have? <laughs> like, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, all the things that he saw God do in his life and the humility that he has. But yet he also says, I, I have no strength left. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, I'm depleted, I'm run down, I'm in my 80s. <laughs> Everything hurts. And I love that this verse is in the Bible because some of us need to just have some honesty with God right now and just say, God, I am, I am tired. I'm tired of having faith for everything. I'm tired of having faith for my whole family sometimes. I'm tired of trying to hold it all together and keep it all on my shoulders. 
And you know what happens when we tell God why we're tired? Do you know what, you know what happens? We start to see all the things that we're carrying that we're actually not supposed to carry. And so maybe for you, this Advent Sunday, you need to say, God, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm depleted. I'm run down. I don't want to go to another party. I don't want to have another fake smile. I don't want to be an extrovert ever again. I'm done. It's okay for you to say that. It's okay. Daniel looked at the, the angel and said, I'm tired. It's okay for you to tell God you're tired. God doesn't look at you and fold his arms and go, come on. Other people have it harder. He doesn't say that. Look what happens then. The angel touches Daniel in verse 18 and strengthens him. He reaches out and touches him and strengthens him. See, I think one of the problems that we have with prayer is that we ask for things that God doesn't promise. Okay? We ask for answers. We ask for, for God to, to, to do this or that. Okay? But God doesn't promise us answers to all of our prayers. God promises us his power, his presence, his love, his strength, his wisdom. In James, he tells us if we need wisdom to ask and he'll give us generously. And I think one of the reasons many of us struggle to see God move in our lives in prayer is because we ask for things that God hasn't necessarily promised to give us. See, Daniel comes and says, I'm tired, and the angel strengthens him. And we're told too, Paul tells us this in Ephesians 3. He tells us to pray, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in what? In love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height, and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. But how do we experience the fullness of God? How do we experience Christ's love for us? He says to pray for strength. Now, the last time that you were frustrated in a relationship at work or at home, did you pray for strength or did you pray for God to rapture the other person? Did you pray for a new boss or did you pray for strength? If you're a parent, did you pray for a new child by Friday or did you pray for strength? See, notice, we ask for things, not not bad things, but we ask for things that God hasn't necessarily promised to give us. God has promised us strength. He has promised us his presence. He has promised us his power. He has promised us his wisdom and his love. And we ask for a whole host of other things. What if we began to ask for the things that God has promised to give to us? Now, I'll be honest. Okay, I'll just be honest for me. I, I don't know about you, but I would rather God give me a way out than strength. 
I would rather God fix the other person than give me strength to endure it. I would rather God give me this other thing, whatever it is, than the patience to grow. I don't want that kind of maturity sometimes. And you're probably the same way, which is why we ask for it. But Daniel prays and the angel shows up. And then he says again in verse 19, look what the angel says. He says, don't be afraid, which I love this. Because anytime you read through scripture and an angel shows up, do you know what they, the first thing they basically say? Don't be afraid. Like they're not cute, cuddly things. Like they're, they're really scary things. Like the angel is standing there. He's like, don't be afraid. Look what he tells him again. You who are treasured by God. Again, he tells him this again. Like just in case you've forgotten, like the last three minutes, Daniel, you are treasured by God. I don't know if you heard this the first time, but just in case the second time, right? What do we do as parents? We, we keep saying the same things again and again, hoping that our kids will listen. And God does the same thing with Daniel. The angel looks at him and says, don't be afraid. You who are treasured by God, peace to you, be very strong. Why? Because God gives strength when we ask for strength. And Daniel says, as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. You have strengthened me. What if instead of asking that God would do X, Y, or Z, we asked, God, will you strengthen me? Will you strengthen me? Yeah, but I really would like X, Y, or Z. <laughs> See, and this is the crux of faith. Will you strengthen me? See, the angel shows up to say, Daniel, you are loved and you are heard. And in that, Daniel finds strength. And I think if we can get to the place of living from the place of God's love for us and God's presence in our lives, we will know the strength to move forward. And so I mentioned earlier on your Connect card that uh, there's a box that says the next step email. And if you check that, tomorrow we're gonna send you an email. It's just gonna help you to have strength for the holiday season, to fight against cynicism and, and loneliness and sadness, but to also to, to be there and be present with those and for God to meet you in that place, in that place of depletion and tiredness. But as I mentioned earlier, we're gonna close with communion today. And, and here's why. Last week, Jerry mentioned in his sermon how communion and God's love for us is one of the things that grounds us in our faith. Now, here's what's important about communion. When Jesus sat with his disciples and he broke bread and he pulled the cup out and he said, this is my body broken for you. This is, this is my blood spilled out for you. He was grounding them in his love. He was grounding them in his love for them. And he did that before the worst night of his disciples' life on the night that he was betrayed, on the day before he was gonna be crucified. He grounded them. They had no idea that he was grounding them in this moment, but he was grounding them for what was to come. See, in the same way, when the angel comes to Daniel and says, you are loved and you are heard, he is grounding Daniel for what is to come. And so when we take communion, when we come forward as a follower of Jesus and take the bread and the cup, we're reminding ourselves of God's love, of God's grace, of God's power for us, 
And we are grounding ourselves in this. This is why we do it every week, because we forget. We forget. We forget God's love and God's grace for us. We have to remind ourselves, because we forget. This is why the angel comes to Daniel. And three times in Daniel 9 and 10 says, you are loved, you are treasured, you are precious, because we forget. And so I want to encourage you as, as a follower of Jesus, as we take communion together. Maybe for you, you need to take a moment and just share with God where you actually are. Maybe you need to tell him, I'm tired, I'm run down, I'm just trying to get through the day, I'm just trying to hold it together. Maybe for you, you need to say, God, I, I need to be reminded that you love me and that you hear me. I need strength. And when you're ready to come forward, to ground yourself in God's love for you, to remind yourself, Jesus died for you in your place and rose from the dead so that you could live fully in the power of God's love for you. And so when you're ready, the band's gonna lead us in a song to close. I'm gonna pray in a moment. But you can come down these aisles and, and get communion and then go off to the side and there's gluten-free at each table if you need. But I wanna pray for us as, as we close and I wanna pray specifically for those of us who are just, who just need strength, who just need to be reminded that God loves us and hears us. So Father, I thank you that you put this interaction in the Bible. I thank you that you met Daniel. You don't answer his prayer right away. You don't answer his question right away. You send the angel to say, Daniel, you are loved and treasured and you are heard. And so God, some of us right now, we need to be reminded by your spirit that we are loved and treasured and that you hear us. And God, I pray for those who are facing what feels like an insurmountable thing in the coming weeks here. For those who are facing relational difficulties and relational just things that feel broken, and betrayal and the feelings that come along with that at Christmas. For those who are navigating health things right now, God, I pray that you would give strength. You would give strength for conversations that need to happen in the coming weeks, for conversations that are going to happen in the coming weeks. Because God, we are, we are often a tired people. So we ask for you to strengthen us for the rose ahead in your name. Amen. Well, as I said, when you're ready, you can come forward to get communion and you can take it back to your seat and take it on your own when you get back to your seat. And then when you're ready, if you just want to stand up and sing with us.